0: This is Mr. Biz Radio, sponsored by Capital Plus. Over the next half hour, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth, a two-time national best-selling author and leading business advisor, will cover topics that help business owners operate their businesses more profitably and more efficiently. If you're ready to take your business to the next level, this program is for you. And now, here's Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth.
1: Hello, it's Mr. Biz with Mr. Biz Radio, Ken Wentworth, and we are brought to you by the good folks at Capital Plus. Capital Plus removes the hassles of balancing cash flow by becoming your full service credit and collections department. All right, guys, we got a treat for you this week. We have this guy is a seasoned veteran in the podcast world. Um, I've known him uh, for a while now. And I have absolutely marveled at what he's been able to do in a couple of different spaces. But specifically, one of the things we're going to talk about a little bit later, especially during the third segment, we're going to pick his brain a little bit because um, this guy has absolutely mastered uh, being able to build a brand uh, in the on the LinkedIn platform. So uh, whether it's business, individual, he's doing it all. So we're going to pick Jordan's brain a little bit about this. But without further ado... Jordan Mendoza, who is the founder and CEO of Impulse Consulting. Welcome to the show.
2: Hey, thanks so much for having me, Ken. It's it's an honor and my absolute pleasure to be on the show and hopefully add some value to your audience. Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. So first thing I'll say, guys, obviously on LinkedIn, make sure you go out and follow him. He's at Jordan J. Mendoza. Um, he shares tons of content all the time. Uh, good stuff. As a matter of fact, I'm going to call you out here and, and Jordan can't see me. So if, if this makes him blush, you know, it's, it's okay. Uh, he actually uh, shared a hip hop dance slash break video on LinkedIn. This has been a few months ago. I think it was during the quarantine uh, when things were kind of locked down uh, on LinkedIn, which a lot of people would say, Oh my gosh, like, you know, people don't share stuff like that on LinkedIn. And I don't know what kind of engagement you got on that. Well, I remember seeing it and seeing, I saw it a while after you had posted it. And I remember I messaged you and I'm like, Share more of this kind of stuff. I mean, it shows your personal, you know, your personal side.
2: Yeah, no, no, I love that. And yeah, for me, I think there's been a lot of growth that has happened really in the last couple of years, Uh, really in 15 months that I've been creating content on the platform is I've stopped putting the platform on a pedestal. You know, and I Mm -hmm. think that's a good message for a lot of people because, you know, people you jump on LinkedIn and you say, you know what, I, this is a business platform, and I'm doing air quotes, right? But <laughs> um, shouldn't business and your personal life, I mean, because everyone around you is dealing with business, right? Your family, and, and they're all part of that journey. And so I just started saying, you know what, let me let me put myself out there. Let me share some other sides of me. Because, you know, when you get to know somebody, doesn't business become easier? doesn't Absolutely. it become easier when you actually get to see the the human sides of the humans that you could potentially be working with.
1: And think about, yeah, I know it's a great point and and I've have, have kind of moved in that direction as well because you look at some of the folks that, you know, in the entrepreneur space, let's say that are considered influencers and you you think about how much of their you know more human side, their personal lives that they share. Because originally I was like, you know, I don't want anything with my, with my family online or anything like that. And I'm still, you know, somewhat protective of that. But you know, people like Grant Cardone, I mean, he shares every intimate detail of his life. Presumably, it seems like anyway, um, with his kids and his wife, and you know where they're at and what they're doing. And you know, Gary V shares a lot of stuff. Pretty ends up getting pretty personal in a lot of in a lot of cases. Um, you know, you got your Tony Robbins, you got your Russell Brunson's. I mean, all of these people share Sarah Blakely, Jesse Itzler. They all, they, especially those two uh, sharing a lot of personal things and family type things. And, you know, it's exactly what you said, Jordan, is, you know, I've never met Sarah Blakely or, or Jesse Itzler or Grant Cardone. But I kind of feel like I know them because I've That's seen so much of their stuff online.
2: That's exactly it. Yeah. You You get a sense of who they are as people right so now you know if you're ever to to be in a room with them you'd almost want to give them a hug because you're (laughs) like man i i get it i i follow you i've been seeing this journey i've been seeing you change right i've been seeing all the things that you've been doing right so so yeah i I think there's uh that's definitely a message for people that are listening you know it's okay to put yourself out there and listen if there's things you don't want to share guess what you don't have to share it yeah. yeah, but for the things that you are comfortable, you know, and that breakdancing thing for me, I used to live and breathe breakdancing. That's mm-hmm. what I did when I was from from eighth grade until I was about twenty one. That's I did that off so often. I mean, I did that you know day, I did that night. We we were in crews, and that was a big part of my life. And I just said to myself. Like I think people should know that. I think yeah. people should see that, that that's something that, that I was into because that that is where really my creative side started to shine, you know, was when I could do freestyle dancing and battle people and make things up on the go. And I think a lot of that has really translated into how I've been doing sales and marketing in the digital era is I'm testing new things. I'm not being afraid to try things out, you know, and so I, I, I really – uh, attribute a lot of that to freestyling when you're dancing mm-hmm. because you're literally having to make things up as you go. And I, I did a challenge uh, that w- we can get into a little later, but it was a 30 day video challenge. So every day for 30 days, I had to come up with a new piece of content. And during that challenge, people got to learn about the breakdancing side. They got to learn about uh, the impressions that I do. I do a bunch of different Simpsons impressions, you know, <laughs> and it gives people context, like you said, into the, into you, into your brand. Uh, and then it puts it puts things into perspective for others that he, this person's a real human. He goes through things. He's had failures. He's had successes and wow. He used to dance. That's pretty cool as well. <laughs> you know? So it gives them context.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's super important. And again, I, I was very hesitant uh, with a lot of that stuff until uh, probably about 18 months, maybe two years ago. Um, and that's when I started to uh, share a little bit more of some personal things. And you know, I was always you. You want to talk about not putting the the platform on a pedestal, which I love, by the way, um, is you know I was always always uh, you know I'm Mr. Biz, so I can't do videos or get pictures or anything like that unless I'm gonna you know shirt and tie at a minimum, let alone a suit, because that's part of the brand, which you know still is. But I thought you know the heck with it, you know I'm me, and there are days when I'm doing videos, and I, and I've done uh, several video challenges like that myself, where and I'm pr- primarily on. Uh, Facebook with Facebook lives, but the same thing. And it's like, I, I did a lot of testing with uh, analytics, of course, cause I'm a numbers nerd. And, uh, I didn't really see a big difference in, you know, whether I'm on my back patio with a t-shirt on, it, you know, the content's the same. It's just, you know, what, what's the sort of the surroundings and everything. Um, and again, I think, um, you know, it's like you said, people get to see you a little bit more personal, see what kind of shirt you're wearing, not just the shirt and tie and things like that. So, Um, I think it's pretty interesting. So again, this week, we're talking with Jordan Mendoza, who is the founder and CEO of Impulse Consulting. And um, we're going to talk. So I wanted to get a little bit more into your journey. And we're almost up against a break here. So I'll ask you one question here. So we've got about a minute left. And what is so far in your career, what has been your favorite failure?
2: Oh, man, my favorite failure happened uh, 25 years ago. I was 14 years old. I, was, I got a job for the Oregonian newspaper selling newspaper subscriptions door-to-door, door. and on day one, I heard 100-plus people tell me no, and I failed, like everybody. Um, but that was such a big failure because I learned the biggest lesson of my career, and, and it's something the distributor told me. And he said that, uh, I know you may not understand this today, Jordan, but the sale doesn't start until the customer says no. And so that was such a valuable lesson to learn at 14. And after the break, I'd be happy to, to dive into what that meant to me and how I was able to, to shift that around and how I'm able to use that to help uh, elevate other people in their sales in our sales journeys.
1: Yeah, no, I think that'd be great. I think that'd be great. So let's, uh, so again, Jordan Mendoza, go out. Definitely, definitely, definitely check him out on LinkedIn, Jordan J. Mendoza. Um, and if you're lucky, you might be able to you know, catch a little bit of break dancing here and there. Um, okay, we're going to hit a break here. We're going to come back. And again, he, you can find out more about his company, impulseconsultingllc.com. And come back after the break on Mr. Biz Radio. Thank you for listening to Mr. Biz Radio. Did you know our show airs seven days a week for more than 30 hours now? If you are in the B2B space and would like to reach thousands of business owners every week, including our more than 250,000 social media followers, our thousands of daily internet radio listeners, our email list fans, and Mr. Biz Solutions members, email us at info at Mr.BizSolutions.com to become a sponsor. Tap into Mr. Biz Nation to help grow your business.
0: To submit questions to the show, email them to info at mrbizsolutions.com. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz.
1: All right. Welcome back to Mr. Biz Radio with me, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. And again, we're brought to you by Capital Plus. They unlock your capital and unleash your business potential. They create customized financial solutions for businesses nationwide. All right. So it's time for the Mr. Biz tip of the week. As always, this being the second segment. And this one is... uh I wouldn't say it's controversial. That's probably a little bit strong. But um, uh, the tip this week is you cannot fire bad employees fast enough. They erode morale and kill overall performance. Think about it. You got Sammy the slacker over here not doing their job. What ends up happening? Other people got to pick up the slack. You're top performers. What happens over time? Those top performers get very frustrated, uh, not only because they got to work their butts off to make up for Sammy the slacker when you're not doing anything about it, but think about the dis- disincentive that there is there right you're a top performer you just get more work and if you're a slacker you get less work it's just not it's not meritocracy it's not uh you know it's just not a good environment it's going to kill your overall performance and eventually what could happen is you end up losing some of your top performers and now what are you left with think of the average on your team you lose an a player and because you got a c player or c minus or d player <laughs> Uh now you take an A out of there. Now what's your average? Right? You lost the A part of your average. Now your your D or C players uh more heavily weighted and now you're gonna have to rely on them more. Um definitely a bad situation. So it sounds a little harsh, but it is absolutely true. I've seen it in the corporate world, I've seen it with all the businesses that I work with, my clients, etc. Very, very important lesson to learn. Uh, I can't fire them fast enough. So uh let's get back in with Jordan Mendoza this week, uh or for this segment, I should say. And talking about, I know you had mentioned your your favorite failure. So tell us a little bit more about that, uh, Jordan. What sort of, how have you parlayed that into into your career now?
2: Yeah, you know, it was so interesting. The, the first time I came to the realization of that lesson, and it happened four years later, I'd uh, worked for a company doing uh, business-to-business sales, and I had a, a brand new person that was out on their first day. They came back looked very similar to, I did it at 14 <laughs> with that look on their face. I could tell they were down in the dumps. And I said, Hey, what happened out there? And they said, well, no one apparently buys this product or service. And I said, Hey, you're probably not going to understand this now, but hopefully you will one day. And I said, the sale doesn't start until the customer says no, you know? And, and, and it was that moment really, you know, Ken, that I got it because as humans, we're actually wired to say no to things. If you think, mm-hmm. if you, l- liter- literally go back to childhood. Your parents would say, no, don't touch the stove. No, you can't have dessert. No, you can't go outside. No, don't talk to strangers. Say no to drugs. Right? We're literally ingrained with saying and having no be something that comes out of our mouth early and often. Mm -hmm. And if you think about what we do when we go into grocery stores or into department stores, the people say, hey, can I help you? And you're like, no. (laughs) So it's a a natural (laughs) instinct. But if you think about this from a sales cycle, most sales cycles aren't transactional, meaning – they usually last longer than the first touch point. And so really what that means is that just because they're telling you no today doesn't mean it's a no tomorrow. It doesn't mean that you have to ultimately stop because that's just the start of the conversation. They may be saying no because they don't understand. They need more information. You know, they just, maybe they just don't have the time at that moment. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's about getting creative. And for me, what I did is I actually used a preemptive strike. So before they could say anything, I would actually say something first, like, hey, how, how's your day going today? It's a little warm outside. you know." I would say something like that, and that would actually get me in the door and break that ice pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, disrupt that pattern a little bit. Uh, it makes perfect sense. I think it was, um, I, I think Grant Cardone, I'm not sure he's the originator of it, but I know I've heard him say before that when a customer says no, what they're really saying is not right now. Um, uh, yeah. similar, you know, basically yeah. same sort of premise that you're, you're mentioning. And, you know, the, we've all seen that graphic of, you know, the average sale to your point being non-transactional, you know, the average sale takes, you know, five to eight to 10, you know, touch points before someone actually buys something from you. Not in all cases, not all industries, but in a lot of cases, um, I think that is uh way it is. So, you know, that, like you said, starting, it starts when they say, no, it makes absolute perfect sense.
2: yeah it's really a it's a mindset game and it's it's a numbers game if if you look at no as an acronym it's it stands for next opportunity right it doesn't mean it's not definitive right it it means that you are now closer to the next yes
1: and I think you're I love what you just said too about mindset because especially learning that at 14 I think you're very very fortunate to have, have learned that lesson at that age because um so many people get get discouraged by hearing no's all the time. And if you change your mindset around that and you consider it, as you mentioned, is next opportunity is you don't get so discouraged, right? Depending on the business that you're in and what you're selling, you know, I mean, gosh, you could hear a lot of no's. It might take a lot of no's before you get a yes. And, you know, one of the things I've always likened it to, because I'm, you know, sports guy, I know you are too, Jordan, but, you know, you you could be a Hall of Fame baseball player and fail 70% of the time
2: percent.
1: You, know, you bat three hundred. You you got a decent shot. You know, you might be able to make the Hall of Fame batting three hundred, and that means seventy percent of the time you failed when you went up to bat. So, um, you know, I think people have to that mindset. I think is critical, especially for salespeople.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mindset, you know, the inner game truly does control the outer game, right? The, the thoughts and the words and the, what we're saying to ourselves greatly impacts what's going to come out of our mouths and what our body language is doing and all those nonverbal cues, which are just as important, if not more than what's actually coming out of your mouth.
1: Yep. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's funny. Uh, when I first started doing this show, um, you know, I do a lot of, uh, of speaking in front of live audiences as well. Of course, not as much this year. Um, but, and, uh, I remember doing a couple of shows and someone was asking me and they're like, oh man, doing a radio show has to be a lot easier than getting up in front of, you know, a hundred, a thousand, whatever people, because most people, well, that's one of their biggest fears is public speaking. Whereas with me, I love it. I absolutely love it. And what I have found is it's more to your point about nonverbals. It's more difficult for me doing the show where I cannot see the audience and I cannot see their nonverbals, as opposed to being up in front of an audience in public speaking, because then I can see. You know, I'm starting to lose people. You know, I need to throw a joke in. I need to liven it up a little bit. I got to ask a question. I got, you know, when you're on the radio, you can't see those things. Obviously, I agree. It's very, very important the nonverbals, and it is a little challenging when you can't see those.
2: Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, and. You know, really, to to your point as well, you know, it's about what people's faces doing, their emotions, all of those things, because, you know, as a speaker as well, I love taking people on a journey. Right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's it's hard to know that they're on the same journey that you're on. You know, right. The thing you can do as a speaker is send them on a journey that that, that you had no intentions of them going on. So, yeah, I, I agree with that, too. I'd much rather uh, see the audience and the people I'm speaking with.
1: Uh, So, again, we're talking this week with Jordan Mendoza, founder and CEO of Impulse Consulting. Uh, As I mentioned before, go out and follow him on LinkedIn, Jordan J. Mendoza, and check out his website. You can find out more about what he does at impulseconsultingllc.com. And, uh, Jordan, we're running out of time this segment here, so I want to just kind of set up next segment. So, Jordan, as I mentioned at the outset, he's going to tell us a little bit to give us some tips on building your brand with LinkedIn, whether that's your company page, your individual page um, et cetera, and growing those connections and wait to hear some of the statistics that he's been able to accomplish and in the reach that he's been able to have in a very short period of time. So this is why he's going to be able to help us a ton. But I also want to talk, start the segment off a little, uh, talking a little bit more about, we, we've talked it in a roundabout way, but not, not specifically about some of the things you do at impulse consulting. So I want to start off with that, um, at the beginning of the next segment, and then we'll, uh, and we'll dive into some of your tips for building your brand on LinkedIn. If, uh, After we come back from the break. So again, uh, everyone check out Capital Plus. You can find them at capplus.com forward slash Mr. Biz or give them a call at 855-522-3951. They've been a longtime sponsor of the show. Good people over there. Come back after the break on Mr. Biz Radio.
0: Are you looking for ways to streamline your business? If so, Pulse can help. Pulse is a CRM and marketing automation platform with many features, such as email and text message marketing, project management, quoting and invoicing, and much more. If you're a franchise, we also have a franchise-specific version with robust franchise management capabilities. Request your demo today at ThePulseSpot.com. Again, that's ThePulse, Spot.com. Check out both of Mister Biz's national best-selling books, "Pathway to Profits" and "How to Be a Cash Flow Pro" on Amazon. Now, once again, here's Mister Biz.
1: All right, welcome back to Mister Biz Radio. With me, Mister Biz, Ken Wentworth. And let's find let's find out a little bit more about specifically about what Jordan does with Impulse Consulting. So, give us a, give us a little overview about some of that. And again, I know some of the things you had mentioned and we talked about are, are indirectly. Uh, Things you do with Impulse, but tell us a little bit more specifically, if you would, Jordan.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, at the company, we focus on a a bunch of different areas, but our our main Focuses are digital marketing. You know whether that's setting up a campaign. You know being coached on how you can increase your visibility of your brand or your business. I um, also do sales coaching and training. I've Been doing sales and marketing for over twenty-five years, as you heard. You know <laughs> since I was fourteen. So I love coaching people up and really making sales uh, a lot more simplified for people. And in coaching one-on-one, um, I also do group coaching for both the marketing and the sales side. And then the final thing that I do is I'm certified in Myers-Briggs, so I I actually offer uh, MBTI training for individuals as well as larger groups that really want to take that introspective look at the team and find out ways that they can, you know, when they find out how they're wired, how that can actually help their business grow and their relationships grow as well.
1: Well, I'll tell you. So I, I honestly didn't know that last piece. I know we talked a few different times. I didn't know you were, you were a Myers Briggs guy. I love me some Myers Briggs. Love me some Myers Briggs. Uh, I think it's uh, really very powerful to know those types of things uh, with the people you're working with on a regular basis. And um, I've told the story on the show before, but just real quick, we, we, the first time I took it was many, many years ago. And uh, my boss, we had, he had seven direct reports or eight of us total. And uh, we took the Myers-Briggs and seven out of eight of us were all the same four letter combo. We were uh, four, seven out of eight were ENTJs. And my boss was like super happy. And he was an ENTJ, ENTJ, of course. So he was all super happy. Like, Oh man, this is great. And I remember even back then I was fairly early in my career thinking, I don't think that's such a good thing because that means we all sort of approach things the same way and think about things very similarly and you can, we can get into groupthink very quickly. So um, I thought that was interesting. Just out of curiosity, which, what are, what's your four-letter combo?
2: I am an ENFP.
1: ENFP, okay. All right, well, we got two in common. We got two. It's not It's not bad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> not bad at all.
1: No. Well, I. so um, again, impulseconsultingllc.com. You can find out more information about that. And I don't want to cut short your tips because uh, tell us a little bit about what you've been able to do with LinkedIn and building your brand because it's absolutely amazing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I would love to dive into it. So it all it all started 15 months ago. Yeah, one five, right? So not that <laughs> not that long ago. But I I jumped on. I was it was actually a a, a project to to try to figure out. Um, if, if I can find someone that could help with social media marketing, this this is the how funny this whole this whole process is. I was actually looking for someone for uh, the corporate organization to see um, how we can help our associates learn through social learning through social media and things like that. And so that was that was my first video. I remember it. Uh, it got five views. All of them were me. You know, I think I kept <laughs> going back to see how many people were going to watch it, um, and you know, the whole reason why I even posted that first video is I had come across uh, other creators on the platform, and I'd realized that it it wasn't just a place where you could go upload your resume and try to get a job. This was actually a content creation platform now, and so I started creating. I started, you know sharing different tips I had about sales, sharing different tips about the leadership program that I teach that dives into strengths-based leadership, emotional intelligence, Myers-Briggs, coaching, feedback. And then this weird thing happened where people started engaging in the content. They started following me. I, I From April to December, I went from 7,000 connections to 20,000 followers, you know, in a very short period of time. And And I said, wow, this is this is amazing. And it it was kind of cool because I decided to launch my podcast on January 1st. And so in launching it, I had this tribe of people that I had built. And so the show really kind of took off right out of the gate, Um, you know, and that was the power of it. Well, during this whole journey. Uh, a lot of people would reach out to me and ask me how I was able to do what I'm able to do. So I decided to build a framework, right? A system where I could actually teach people to have the the same growth uh, as I can, because really I didn't see that I was doing something different. Uh, I just, I saw there was a lot of action that I took. There was definitely strategy in place that I took when it comes to, to the content creation side, when it comes to hashtags, when it, when it comes to, uh, asking powerful questions that get people to engage and so i really built out a framework that i work with my clients to use and implement that can really take them from you know kind of stagnant content to to growth and most people want to build their brand because they want more visibility they want more leads for their business so i basically go from the framework which is the the profile optimization all the way to direct messaging strategies where they where they can generate leads but do it in a way that's based on rebuilding relationships not transactions because that's where most people fail on the platform is they connect with you and they immediately want to throw up their offer and it's kind of like if you were taking somebody out on a date and you skipped the appetizers and you went right to dessert that's kind of how i i think about it in my mind and most people just don't understand that that's not the right way to build relationships you got to get to know people first and then you can actually, when they get to know you, that's where the organic leads start to come from. But it comes from you know, starting with the foundation, which is your profile, making sure that's optimized because your profile should really be positioned as a sales page, not as a resume. That mm-hmm. experience section is where all that stuff should go down below, but your page should be selling for you 24 hours a day. It should be driving the people to the places you want them to be driven to, Right maybe that that's the top of your funnel if that's your website if that's your lead capture page, and then your content is educating people, sharing stories about your journey, and that's turning into generating leads for your business
1: yeah, no, it makes perfect sense so uh, let me ask you this you you sort of emphasize the importance of optimizing your profile as a first step on a scale of one to ten how important is that Jordan
2: Oh that's everything. would you build a house on a faulty foundation? <laughs>
1: No, I I agree with you 100%. <laughs> right, I mean, you know yeah. cuz
2: that's that is the foundation. If your if your profile is not positioned, right? You can be doing content all the time, but the people that stop on your profile, what's the first thing they look at? They're looking to see if you have a a headline image. They're looking to see what your title what your title or your tagline says. And they're also looking at that about summary to see do I need to take the next step? Do I need to now go to do To look at the content. Does that make sense? But, but you don't get that much time. Right. Right. Because, you know, people are looking at profiles all day long. If if you haven't captured them or captivated them, if your profile doesn't tell the right story, then you might be actually losing out on potential clients.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's similar to, you know, use another analogy is, you know, you've got a car lot and you're able to market and drive people to your car lot, but you have a bunch of hoopty cars on your car lot. 100%. So people drive, they drive by, you're getting attention, right? So you're creating content potentially on LinkedIn. That's really great. And then they say, gosh, I got to check this guy out or girl out. And then they go look at your profile and they go, oh my gosh, this is really janky. Like they don't look like they know what they're talking about. They don't look like an authority in their field, et cetera. So yeah, I, I'm with you hundred percent. I think it's super important.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, so with the work that I do, I, everybody's situation is different. So I do, you know, hourly coaching. I have six-week programs. I have 12-week. I have some clients that want to work with me for the year. Um, but, you know, the the best part about what I do is I'm a practitioner. So every client I work with, they actually get to see me doing the work every single day. And I, And I know for most people that's meaningful, right? I'm not someone that's going to say, hey, go do this. But I'm not actually doing it myself.
1: Right. Yeah, no, I think that's an important difference. Uh, Really, really good stuff here, Jordan. And guys, you can hear the results. I mean, think about that growth that he had mentioned. I mean, the guy knows what the heck he's talking about. And when you go out, not if, but when you go out and follow him, Jordan J. Mendoza on LinkedIn, you're going to see it in action as well. Jordan, I really appreciate you coming on the show.
2: Hey no, thank you so much and you know everyone feel free to reach out to me. I have maxed out at the 30,000 connection limit, but definitely follow me and I have an open profile so feel free to send me a message in any time.
1: Perfect. Awesome stuff. Well, thanks for listening guys. Uh, have a great week and don't forget as always, cash flow is king.
0: This has been Mr. Biz Radio, sponsored by Capital Plus, a division of United Capital Funding Group. Capital Plus is your trusted resource for commercial financing and accounts receivable management. They've been providing working capital to businesses nationally for more than 27 years. Learn more about them at capplus.com forward slash Mr. Biz. Or to schedule a free consultation, call 855-522-3951.